Take your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter number 2. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 2. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 2. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1. We're going to read down to verse number 12 this morning. Verse 1. Mark 2, verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when he could not come, when they could not come nigh uh, unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when they perceived and, and when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it, is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Verse 1 says that it was noised that he, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, was in the house. Whose house this was, we're not told. But what a wonderful thing it must have been for these folks to have had the Lord Jesus Christ in their house. Amen. Those of us who know the Lord Jesus have the Lord Jesus in our house. And it's a blessing. Just like it was there, the Lord's presence needs to be made known to, so others can benefit from His presence as well. In this day and time, when it seems that our society is trying to redefine and destroy the family unit, that God is the one who created that family unit. We need, to, we need the manifest presence of the Lord Jesus in our houses and homes more than ever before. We need some daddies who will stand up and be like Joshua and say, like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the way, the Lord is the only one who has the right to define what a true family is. A husband and father, a wife and mother and children. Also, the Lord is the only one who defines what our role in the family is supposed to be. God's Word tells us married men 
those of us that are married, what kind of husbands we're to be. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 23 and verse 25 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. And verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If we had more obedience to the word in that area, things would be a lot better off in our homes. Just really would be. Titus 2, verse 2, men are given an admonition to be sober grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. God's Word also tells men what kind of fathers to be. Ephesians 6 verse 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God's Word also tells women what their role as wife is to be in the home if they're, if they're married. Ephesians 5, verse 22 through 24, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I know we live in uh, days when folks don't believe the Word of God, and they try to... uh, Take and do away with what God has said, but you know, if we would choose to go by the Lord's precepts that are in Scripture, things would go a whole lot better for us. God's Word also addresses a woman's role in the church as well as in the home. Titus 2 verses 3 and 4 says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, to teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. These things are not popular in the world we live. But we see families crumbling in this present age. And a lot of that, if not most of it, is because God's established order is being both minimized and ignored. One of the biggest reasons there's no peace in so many homes today is because the Lord and the admonitions of His Word have been and are continuing to be castigated and shunned. Lord Jesus should be given preeminence in all things, including the home. And he only receives a token acknowledgement in these days, if any acknowledgement at all. And that's sad. If the Lord is not being given his proper place in your life and home, then can I tell you that he needs to be reestablished in both? We need the Lord Jesus in our houses and homes, and that's true even if you're single. The Lord Jesus Christ needs that to be Lord of your life. We need the Lord Jesus in our church houses too, by the way. When, when you come to a church, don't you like to see the house of God full? I do. And I was uh, with all, all people that were calling in that they were sick and not going to be able to be here. I was wondering what kind of crowd we're going to have, but I appreciate you showing up. Yeah, we, we got a better crowd than what I thought we would have. It was just like, okay, well, it's going to be uh, us four and no more. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Didn't know what to expect. But we're glad that uh, the the Lord saw fit to bring you our way today. And uh, there are all kinds of worldly things 
that we could do in order to draw a crowd today, but I don't think the Lord would be in that at all. Uh, just because the house of God is full doesn't mean that the house is full of God. But I like preaching to a good crowd uh, as well. But uh, there's so much being done in the name of the Lord today where, where God isn't in it. And I don't want to be like that. And I, I want to be real. And I think we ought to be real here. When we come together in this house, the house talking about the house of God, we should be coming together to meet with Jesus. Amen. I hope you came to meet with him because where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst. And we're, we're gathered together in his name. And we're to come to worship the Lord. And I, you know, uh, we, we, we need to, to remember part of the reason why we're here is to worship. And that's the reason why we sing the songs. It's the reason why we pray. It's the reason why uh, we talk to the Lord in our heart. We're to come here not only to worship the Lord, but to hear His Word taught and preached. Amen? And we're to come here to get the Lord's direction for, for, for our lives. And that's what the Word of God does for us. He gives us direction and gives us hope. And we're to come here also to know His presence and to gain strength from His presence in His church. Did you know that... that uh, the Lord in you is an encouragement to me, and the Lord in me ought to be an encouragement to you. And when we come together, we're coming to get together as His children, and we're to gain strength from one another and to admonish one another in the things of the Lord. At least that's I hope. I hope that's why we come. Uh, listen, if the Lord is in here, then we're here in vain. But I believe He's here this morning. We can come together. We can have a meeting if we want to. But if the Lord Jesus doesn't show up, then it's, that's all it is. It's just a meeting. And I don't know about you, but when I come, I want to sense the very presence of the Lord in our midst. I want Him to be in our singing. I want Him to be in my preaching. I want Him to be in the spirit that, uh, that is in the service. Um, I, I want to know that His Holy Spirit is here in power. I want to see God's glory fill His house. I want to see the Lord help some folks. I mean, that's the reason why I bring the Word the way that I do is so that you might get some help for your life and for those that you love. And I want to just come together to have a church meeting. I want more than to just have a good time with y'all. I like having come, coming together and having a good time. Uh, I long to see a mighty moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Now, if you're saved and right with God, then that's what you ought to want too. This morning I want to preach to you a little bit on the thought when the Lord is in the house. We see the Lord Jesus Christ here in this house. Look at verse number 1. And again, He entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that He was in the house. Now listen, when the Lord is in the house, it will be known. Uh, many people had already been helped by Jesus at this point in his ministry. This is early on in his ministry. And if you back up into Mark chapter number 1, I'm not going to take the time to read the verses, but in Mark 1 verses 23 through 28, a man that had an unclean spirit was blessed to have that unclean spirit taken out of his life by the Lord Jesus. Simon Peter's mother-in-law in Mark chapter 1 verses 29 through 31 received healing in her body. And many others who were diseased and possessed. We read about there in Mark 1, verse 32 through 34. 
Uh, they, uh, they received help from the Lord Jesus Christ. There was even a leper. Leprosy was a, an uncurable disease except by God. And Jesus was able to heal him from his leprosy in Mark 1, verse 39 through 45. Some of those who saw what was happening began to publish it, uh, according to verse 27 and 28 of Mark 1. Jesus became the talk of the town. There were many folks who began to talk about what Jesus was doing. And some of those who were helped by Jesus began to publish it. And that's called witnessing, amen. And if Jesus has helped us, other folks ought to know about it. We ought to be telling folks what the Lord has done for us. When the Lord is in the house, it can't help but become known. Second thing I want you to see here is when the Lord is in the house, it draws a crowd. There in verse 2 says, And straightway many, we're not told how many, but many were gathered together. And it gives us an idea here insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. I, I guess this was standing room only, and there was no room to even get inside the door. I've been in a few, in a few uh, uh, services where uh, there was no, no room to sit, and there was standing room only, and I had folk, there were some, some folks that couldn't even get through into the door of the church. They were standing on the outside listening to the preaching. Believe it or not, I, I have seen that. And at a funeral service, that's the way it was at my dad's funeral at Sterling Baptist Church in Brunswick, Georgia. A lot of folks that, that came for that service that day were not able to get into the church. But listen, you know, when the, when the Lord is in the house, it draws a crowd. Some in the crowd were connected to the Lord. We know that the disciples of Jesus Christ went with Jesus wherever he was working they wanted to be with Jesus. Now, he didn't have all of his disciples called at this time, but there were some of them. And uh, those that were with him were with him there here in this crowd. Some in the crowd were casual. You always have casual observers, folks that come out of curiosity. And they didn't really want to get involved with what's going on, but they wanted to see what was going on. They had heard about Jesus and they heard about the things that he was doing they were just curious about what was happening and how real was it some in the crowd were carried verse number three we see a man that was sick of the palsy it says and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four think about this man Obviously, from the Lord Jesus Christ forgiving his sins, uh, I think this palsy had something to do with the, um, some things that he did in his life. And the Lord strengthened him here and forgave him those sins. This man could not have gotten to Jesus if someone had not carried, cared enough about him to carry him to to see Jesus. I mean, there's no way he could go on his own. Many people still need someone to care enough uh, for them to bring them to Jesus even in our day and time. You may know somebody who needs Jesus in a bad way and they need to be brought to Him. Some in the crowd were concerned. Um, verses 
three through five there. Well, let's we, we just read verse three. Look at uh, verse four. It says, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Um, these four were concerned about their friend here. This is where four of a kind beat a full house. And I'm not talking about poker, okay? But four of a kind. They had the right, right kind of heart, didn't they? They had a heart of love for this man. But they, they were determined that they were going to see Jesus. And they were going to get their friend to Jesus. These men joined in their concern uh, there in verse 5. And these men accomplished what they did because they were in one accord. They worked together. Um, you see a lot of uh, folks in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, that were in one accord. And when they were in one accord, they got great things accomplished for the Lord. May God help us to work one with another, not work against one another. These men were more concerned about this man than they were about the effort it was going to take to, 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 to get him to Jesus. I mean, it took some work to get this fellow to the Lord. These men were more concerned about this man than they were about their, their pride. I mean, they had to humble themselves. Uh, they, these men were concerned in spite of having to get their hands dirty. I mean, you know, they were breaking up, breaking up that roof. Uh, they had to get their hands dirty with that, amen? These men were concerned in spite of the obstacles they had to overcome. Listen, genuine faith knows how to go around, under, over, and through all obstacles. Faith says, I might not be able to get in through the front door, but I can break rooftop foundations up. Uh, no doubt when they came to the door, they had to endure both opposition and criticism. Yeah, I imagine they were saying, excuse me, we need to get, it, to get this man to Jesus. Wait a minute, we were here first. Uh, uh, hey, why don't you just go on away? We, we got here before you did. Uh, we're not told, but you, you know how folks are, right? You know there had to be some opposition and criticism. But they were willing to go up a little higher to get this man to Jesus. When the doors are blocked, we need to just go up a little higher sometimes, don't we? And the criticism probably only intensified when they broke through the roof. Can you imagine? As they break through the roof, the people that are up under where they broke through at were probably uh, wondering what in the world's going on. But these men were more concerned about this man than they were about the cost that it was going to take here. Don't you, don't you know that whoever owned this house would more than likely expect his roof to be repaired? Yeah. Hey guys, you broke that up. I'm going to expect you to fix it or pay for it to be fixed. They had to expect that that would happen. That was going to probably cost him something. But they didn't let anything keep them from getting this man to Jesus. I wonder to what extremes we go in order to get folks to Jesus. I thank God for those that are concerned. And then we find in verse number 6 and 7, we find some in the crowd that were 
cantankerous and critical. Huh? Right. Look at uh, verse 6 and 7. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Cantankerous and critical. They didn't recognize Jesus. They were scribes. And all of the Old Testament spoke about Jesus. Remember Jesus telling the crowd, uh, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And, and here these fellows that are dealing with the scripture didn't even recognize who the Messiah was. And they had a bad attitude about it too. Some in the crowd were convicted. There in verse number 8, immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. And by the way, that's G-O-D, not E-S-P. Okay? He knew what they thought in their hearts because he's God. And he said, uh, he said unto them, there in the middle part of verse 8, he said, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? And I can just imagine, can't you imagine the surprise? These guys are just thinking. And Jesus says to them, why, why are you thinking that in your heart? And they go, what are you talking about? You don't know what I'm thinking. Well, he did know what they were thinking. Verse 9, Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? Hmm. <laughs> it says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I imagine that brought some conviction in the hearts and lives of some that were there, don't you? Man, can you imagine those scribes that were so critical in their heart when they see this man stand up on his feet and walk out of that place? Hmm. That had to bring some conviction. Listen, when the Lord is in the house, it will be known. When the Lord is in the house, it draws a crowd. Thirdly, when the Lord is in the house, amazing things happen. We saw some amazing things in Mark 1, verse 22. It says, and they were astonished, talking about the people that were in the, the, the synagogue on the Sabbath day there in Capernaum. They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Verse 27 also. Verse 27 said they, they were all amazed. This is after he had cast the unclean spirit out of the fellow that was in the synagogue. They were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It's because the Messiah was there. <laughs> he was showing them he was the Messiah. That he was God in the flesh. Uh, and we see there in verse number 12 that we just read, uh, you know, they 
they were really amazed. They were all amazed <laughs> at what Jesus had done. You don't have to ask if the Lord Jesus is in the house when He is in the house. That's because if He's in the house, He'll make His presence known. And He made His presence known here. There was preaching. Yeah, Jesus preached. I know there's a, a lot of, lot of so-called ministries that want to minimize preaching and teaching of the Word of God, but Jesus preached. He preached the Word. That's what it says there in verse number 2. The very last phrase of verse 2, and He preached the Word unto them. Wouldn't you want to know what the, the message was that day? Uh, uh, it didn't matter. It was, it was biblical preaching, so it was good, whatever, whatever he's preaching on. Jesus and preaching go hand in hand. Not only there was preaching, but there was also power. There in verse 10 and 11, when uh, the power of God was manifested, the power of God manifests itself where, whenever the Lord is in the house. And this is just one of many instances where Jesus showed forth His power to be able to heal. And then there was praising in the house. It says there in the latter part of verse number 12 that all amazed and glorified God, saying we never saw it in this fashion. Uh, when, the, when the Lord's in the house, it'll be known. It draws a crowd. Amazing things will happen. But also there in verse 4, what we see is that when the Lord is in the house, God is the one that gets the glory. They glorify God, according to verse 12. When a life gets transformed, it's not about you or me. It's all about God. That's who it's about. It's about Him. He's the one that does the work in the heart. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be His servants. We're, we're blessed to have a, a, a small part in uh, helping bring folks to know the Lord. I wonder this morning, is the Lord in your house and in your life? Is the Lord in His rightful place in your house and in your life? I want you to listen to me. If He's at the forefront of what's going on, and He ought to be, is He calling the shots? Is He Lord of your life? Or has He been relegated to a closet, to a corner of your life, so as not to disrupt what you want? for your lives. So many folks, they call Him Lord, but Jesus said, well, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? But Lord means something. When we call Him the Lord, that means He's got the right to take and call the shots in our life. If the Lord is in one's house, it will make a difference in all that are in the house. It will affect the husbands and fathers, the wives and mothers. It will affect the children. It will affect the guests that come into the house. I want you to ask yourself this morning, where do I find myself in this story? When the Lord is in the house, listen, it will be, it'll be known what part of this crowd that we see represents us. Are we part of the connected I hope that you are this morning. I hope that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because if you're not connected, you need to get connected this today. And we invite you to come to know the Savior. And, you know, we, we, none of us know how long we have left on this earth. We don't. Um, 
We talked about all those that are in the hospital this morning, but it might be somebody that's in here that the Lord chooses to take home before one of those. Are, are we connected? If you're not, get connected today. Are we, if you, I hope that you're not part of the casual, but if you just came here to see what's going on and doing a casual observance, uh, listen, it won't do you any good if you don't get connected. Maybe you're part of the carried. Someone cared enough for you to bring you to the Lord. If they cared that much to get you to the Lord, shouldn't you be obedient to the Lord and caring for others to get to the Lord? Are we part of the concerned? Are we doing our part to bring others to Jesus? Are we putting forth any effort to get others to Jesus? Are we willing to lay aside our pride to get folks to Jesus? Are we willing to get our hands dirty if necessary to get folks to Jesus? Are we willing to overcome whatever obstacles we are faced with to get folks to Jesus? Are we willing to bring folks to Jesus even if it's going to cost us something? All questions that come from this passage. Hopefully, we're not part of the cantankerous and the critical this morning. It's a whole lot easier to find fault and tear something down than it is to build something. Listen, if you're part of the convicted today, don't let your pride hold you back from allowing the Lord to work in your life today. When the Lord Jesus is in the house, listen, He'll do some amazing things. And He wants to do some amazing things in your life. If you're not saved, He wants to save you today. If you are saved, He wants you to serve Him. He wants you to have Him as Lord of your life. Not just the, the Savior of your soul, but also the Lord and giving you direction in your life. Well, when He is Lord, God will get all the glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You today for this, um, this story that is here in Scripture and, Lord, the things that we can draw and learn from. Lord, I don't know the heart of anybody here. I know you know you you knew the heart of those scribes that day that were critical, and you know the hearts of those that are here this morning. We may try to fool others, but Lord, you know our hearts. You know if it's real, what we say that we have. And Lord, if it's not real, help 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 uh, those that it's not real to get real today, to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And if they have salvation in their life, Lord, may they put you in charge of their life, seeing you not only as Savior but as Lord, and following your direction, following, Lord, what you would have them to do. Lord, I don't know what needs to be done here today, but I know you do. And I pray that you'd have your will. In this invitation time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.